Hello and welcome to another edition of the Rockcast, a podcast produced by Rockhurst students for Rockhurst University students. If you're a first-time listener, welcome and glad to have you. If you're back again, uh, we thank you for coming back. And for anyone who may be listening to this, be it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or watching on YouTube, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast uh, and our YouTube channel as well as rate and review uh, for the Rockcast. Would really appreciate it. That said, the reviews are in, or rather the votes are in. Well, not all the votes, obviously. Uh, last week, we talked about predictions for what would happen on November 4th, the day after the election. And Vince said, we'll still be counting votes. And the soothsayer that he is, uh, Vince was right. Um, so here we are, we're recording this on the afternoon of actually Thursday, November 5th. Uh, we still don't have definitive word on who won the presidential election. Um, it is trending in certain directions, but at this point, who knows? Um, kind of have an idea, but we'll see how it all plays out. So this week, we will be talking about uh, the election in the state of the United States. Were there surprises? If so, what does it mean going forward? Also, what does a post-election culture look like on the Rockers campus, in the city, um, online? And what will it look like with students going home for Thanksgiving pretty soon and staying there through Christmas? Um, or is that all being overblown? So uh, a lot to talk about, but first, uh, introductions. Um, I am Chad Schnarr. I am on staff at Rockers University, and I hit the record button on this and ask the questions. Um, so uh, why don't we start with you, Vince, and go from there. Uh, my name is Vince Rosquetta. I am a senior nursing major here at Rockhurst, and I'm the guy that drinks coffee during these podcasts. Awesome. America, you want to go next? Yeah, of course. Um, my name is America Romo. I'm also a senior here at Rockhurst, and I am studying corporate accounting and finance. And Jared. Hi, I'm Jared Payton II. I am a sophomore at Rockhurst. I am studying marketing, and I'm a film acting minor. And yeah, I'm glad to be here today. Good. And Brianna uh, is usually with us. She's in class right now. Um, she did stop in to say hello to us, though, so we appreciate that, and we may hear something from her a little bit later uh, if she's able to send something to us, which we hope, but it'll be okay if not. All right, so here we go. Uh, the election that's not ending in a year that's seemingly endless. Uh, this is why we can't have nice things in 2020. <laughs> it just couldn't be smooth and you knew it wouldn't be smooth. And you know, obviously Vince, you called that, uh, Jared, a few minutes ago, you, you called it a little bit turbulent. So election night, describe your election night. Uh, how much did you watch stuff coming in? How late did you stay up or were you preoccupied with other things? Uh, I spent my election, I, I got, actually got back from one of my OB or peds clinicals and so what I did was I have a dual monitor here. So I had like my study guide up for a test that we have this week for peds and like the election, like some news, uh, 
stations running the election coverage on my other screen, kind of like trying to do both at the same time, trying to cram studying as well as keep up with the election. So I really wanted to stay into it, uh, but like kind of some more pressing matters here at the moment for my personal grade for my class. So <laughs> that's how I kind of spend my night. think my night I stayed up till about I want to say 2 a.m I was it was weird I was trying to find ways I guess at first to look into it as much as I could definitely and then I want to say it got to around like maybe 10 or 11 o'clock and I just saw the things that people were just posting and I was like oh my gosh <laughs> that was just at that point I was I wasn't even frustrated with the election itself at that point because I knew the election would be enough I was just frustrated with what I was seeing from other people. And I'm just like, are we serious? Like, is this what, especially with the election from what I saw, you know, obviously, you know, having this conversation with everyone on here and, you know, what Vince had stated last time with the election not being finite the day of, it was very clear to me that that was actually going to be the case. And that's okay, right? Like if anything, it's all right, we should wait until they get all the votes until everything is processed as it should be. But seeing the way people reacted to it at first, definitely, was just like, okay, I need to just take a, a break from this. And I remember maybe like 1.30 at night, I went back downstairs, updated myself once more, and then I tried to go to sleep. <laughs> That's what I can say. But that pretty much sums up my election night and throughout the day as well. Yeah, so for me, I voted quite late. I voted around 6 p.m. And then after that, I, I went home uh, and I just was at the TV basically the whole night until like, I think it was 11 and at 11 PM things kind of seemed that they were leaning towards a certain way. And for me, that was kind of when I decided, you know, what? I, I, I don't know if it's going to end right now. Maybe I should just go to sleep. So I probably went to sleep around midnight and then woke up very surprised thinking that maybe there would be an answer the next day. And then realizing that there wasn't. So really, that's all I did. Just kind of stayed at the TV the whole night, listening to people talk. And I agree with Jared, the things people were posting, it got very interesting. It was just, it was insane. I think it was more than the election itself. Did any of you have your phone by your bed and wake up in the middle of the night and check it several times? I mean, I totally did not do that, but okay, good. You guys are better people than me. Uh, okay, uh, America, you said you voted late in the day, about six o'clock. Uh, Jarrett and Vince, did you mail vote by mail or in person? I went at, let me think. I don't know why I woke up this early because I didn't need to. <laughs> but I woke up at like 4.30, anticipating that there would be a massive line. And I didn't even go at that time. I just spent getting dressed, making sure I was warm enough in case there was a line. Technically, I went to vote as soon as the polls opened at six o'clock. It was literally three people. I waited for five minutes outside and I voted. And it was a 20-minute experience in and out by 6.30 in the morning. I'll, uh, I'll do you one better, Jarrett. Mine was about a 10-minute experience, A through Z, from parking in the parking lot and leaving. Um, I wow. went in the afternoon around like 3.30, 4.30 um, after I had my pizza clinical at Children's Mercy. Um, there was maybe me and one other person <laughs> within that time frame. And so I just went in, I'm like, oh, it's basically me and the election workers, cool. I'm gonna walk right in. All right. <laughs> That's clever. Big crowds where you were America or 
No, not at all. I went actually, I live on a street. There was two places were on the street that I live in. And I first went to the wrong location, which was like three minutes away from my house. And then they sent me the other way. In both locations, there was no one. I think in the first one, there was maybe two other people there that were voting. And then the second place, I think I was the only one for a bit. So yeah, there was no one. I was very surprised. I thought that I was going to have to wait, but not at all which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if people, that many people voted early or just people weren't voting or I guess it was kind of late in the day they were gonna close, but. Gotcha. And the building, we, well, the house that we work in is right next to the Rockers Community Center where they had voting. And there was a steady stream all day, but it wasn't packed like we thought it might be. Uh, okay, how closely have you followed the news ever since? Um, or have you been, you know, working on schoolwork and, and, and work? Just kind of keep your mind off it. I think for me, yesterday, I probably was checking at least twice every hour. Um, especially, I think, in the morning, I, I was just checking all the time. And then when things were changing, uh, yeah, I was changing. I was checking too much. I think it definitely absorbed my whole day yesterday. And today I probably have been checking every hour or so. Um, but yeah, I think that's really all I've been doing. It's kind of been hard to concentrate on anything else with that going on and not knowing when there's going to be like a certain decision, especially now when it really just seems like no, there's only one state. I guess, the, well, there's a lot of states that haven't just haven't sent out the results, but especially Nevada not knowing if where that's gonna go. But I don't know, what do you guys, what have you guys been doing? Uh, I, I spent my entire day at a clinical from seven to seven yesterday. So um, it was easy for me to stay up to date viewing it a lot since pretty much all of our patients had the news on following election. And so every time we went into somebody's room, I got to hear a little bit more and get updated as, you know, things changed and time goes on and, you know, just watching the little meters go a little bit closer and closer to that 270 mark. So yeah, I was uh, pretty well informed going into, or before yesterday. Um, today, we had a PEDS exam, so it's kind of been off my mind. And then I checked it real quick again, right before we hopped into this, just to see where we were at. So it's kind of where I've been. Now, for me, <laughs> I'd say, oh my gosh, I've been watching, honestly, I can't even just say the news, just anything that says election 2020, I've been looking into like a hawk for the past week. So even like I said, prior a few days before the election, and maybe even a week before just seeing, you know, how polling numbers were coming in, seeing the diagnostics of certain states, just getting idea what things would have looked like before actual election day. So then if I say after election day, I feel like yesterday, it wasn't something where I was looking every hour either, but more so I was just trying to look into certain things. Like, as I said, I talked about earlier how I saw people posting many, just many things in general that had me just feeling, I can't even say angry. It had nothing to even do about people's political beliefs. It was just stuff that's like, why is this even being put out there in the first place? And so it did make me slightly curious. So I was looking into these things, trying to see, okay, is this fact or is this opinion or are these just lies in general? Like, what am I actually supposed to believe? You know, if it's anything I've noticed, it's very, I'd say to the contrary to what we normally see. I think from, you know, looking at, and I've done a variety of things, looking into, you know, CNN, 
Fox News and MSNBC, just because I want to go back and forth and see if I can trace bias, right? I really think that's important when it comes to a time like this, because really they can control a narrative. But you'd be told I'm not really seeing much, much difference as far as what the polling numbers are at each one. The difference is that I think we all might be seeing is the way that supporters and people that are voting are actually interpreting what's going on and honestly kind of creating their own narratives to fit what they believe, which is kind of where I'm stuck because I see what's actually going on. But then you see what people are taking. And I feel like it's gotten a large amount of my devotion recently. It's very hard to focus on anything academic, to be honest, because it's it's not even just because of the election. Take the election side out of it when you have honestly all these different perspectives from people being thrown out and it seems rather honestly kind of disrespectful, it's kind of hard for you to pay attention to what you might need to get done at the time being. Jared, I'm gonna stick with you here. You did a lot of reading and, and whatnot research going into the election. Not that, that everyone didn't, but um, I know your own podcast and stuff had some stuff on it. Did the, uh, what we've seen of the election so far since it's a multiple day thing now, has it gone the way you expected or were there surprises? Sadly, it sucks that I even have to say it like that, but I'd say sadly, yes. And I don't even mean the election itself, the backlash that everybody from all sides has thrown in. I preached against it because I knew something like that was going to happen. I hoped it didn't. And I really wanted to put and promote the idea of unity out there, you know, where you have somebody that could be voting for somebody else than what you do. You disagree. Okay, talk to them. You don't have to stop being friends with them just because give them a chance to show their character before you make that decision. And if it's anything I've seen, honestly, quite the opposite, which sadly, as I said, is I'm not actually surprised by that. Like, honestly, what's been going on is kind of what I expected was going to happen. I, I feel like that's really sad, Jared, too. I, I kind of have, like, the same perspective views on, like, uh, as you, kind of, like, even though, you know, whoever wins, you still need to be, you know, united as the American people. And then as soon as election results start coming in, every other Instagram post I see is, if you voted for Trump, unfriend me. If you voted for Biden, unfriend me. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. So that's where we're going to go with this, too. We're just going to polarize even more than we're already at. Um some there's a trend and I know we've all seen it already and I, I just kind of want to just bring it up because you know might as well talk about it uh there's like those you know posts they're just like you know you can vote either way and we can still be friends that's kind of the basis for them or like it, it's not worth you know burning the bridges for this and then the posts that I've seen to like counter it they're saying like oh we've been seeing posts uh about like how we can still be friends after no no, you can't. If you voted this way, you're trash. If you voted the other way, you're also trash, you know, from the other people too. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, every other, you know, story on Instagram is that. Yeah. Like it's in and it's great too, right? Because it's in the artsy format. Um, so it looks really aesthetic to post on your story. So somehow that makes it more socially acceptable to close your mind off to everybody. I, I don't know. I, I just thought that was I want to use your word there. It's like it is kind of sad to see like that's where we're just pulling each other down that much, you know? And unfortunately, like, that's just, that, with that being the result of how this election is going, again, like you were saying, with the results aside, I mean, we do, I feel like moving forward, we do need to come stand together and realize, like, hey, you can be ide ideologically opposed to me and still think you're a human, you know? So 
don't know, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Just to add on to that, Vince, the thing you were mentioning, like another side to that, I've seen other posts where they have said, oh, you know, it doesn't matter who wins, like we should keep fighting. And then there's like the counter post saying, how could you say it doesn't matter who wins? So it, it is a little bit of like, we're not even concentrating on like the big issues, like the, the who is winning or who is not winning, but it's just kind of these underlying things that really are not getting us anywhere, but kind of just putting us on different sides instead of trying to find a solution together. But so, yeah, I agree with what both with, with of you were saying. It's been really hard and kind of difficult reading those comments. How long do you think it will go on with, especially the online stuff about the comments and just the um, divisiveness that's out there? Now, one of the main criticisms of the last four years is America is more divided than it ever has been. I know from my point of view, I would agree with that, but how long will it take to kind of mend those um, fences there? I saw a, um, it was a post I saw on Facebook. I don't know who it was from, but it was funny. It was like um, your November, December calendar. And, you know, it, it had like color coded days. And then in purple, it was like argued someone who's ideologically opposed for you and hate them. And it was like most of November. And then it got to Thanksgiving and then it changed to like blue. Now do it with your family, you know? And then it, just kind of like that. I, I, for me personally, just kind of using that example, um, definitely it's going to get tense as you move on through the months because whichever side loses is going to complain about it. So um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of salt uh, for at least a few months after this election. I think it's going to be dependent on who wins partially, not because the the president is all to blame for what whoever wins you know is all to blame for what the american people are thinking or saying but i do think that they have a, a great amount of influence and in how people how comfortable people feel in in saying things that maybe they shouldn't be saying mm -hmm. so i think that that it definitely is going to be once we know who wins i think we're going to have a better idea of at least how long people will feel comfortable. Maybe not how long people will keep feeling the way they're feeling. I don't think there's, I don't know, I'm not sure if there's gonna be like interchange, but I think that perhaps the way people are communicating or posting is going is going to be different. But like I said, I think it's going to be dependent on who wins. Yeah, to go off of exactly what you just said, it's going to be exactly, you know, off of who wins. And if it's anything that I've learned, you know, because we talk about, you know, the timeline of what things could look like, you know, I guess when you could say when these tensions will cease to exist or at least slightly go away, if that's even possible, you know. But if it's anything that I know, I think the petitions to to vote, petitions to really pick both sides really started at the height of COVID, which was early March, um, late March going into early April, like the end of spring going into the summer. So when you saw a lot of these campaigns, not even just political, just people start to take things. Um, the NBA and their campaign with trying to get people to vote that didn't vote, you know, where you saw like one of the facts that I saw, it was every four years, only about 15% of the NBA and a lot of these other professional 
sports organizations, 15% of these people are voting. This year it's 85%. You know, you've got all these people that aren't typically doing these things now due to COVID ready to do it. That's regardless of who the candidates are and what you think. So then when you add the tension to that, when you add the idea of honestly just 2020 in general and the amount of pain that people have experienced, I feel like it's not even just gonna be hard for people to get past things just because their side loses. But more importantly, because, you know, when I think we all are like this, when we experience anything that is of, I guess, to our disliking, anything that we'd say is unfortunate, we immediately try to find a way to detach from the world or whatever made us feel that way. And during COVID, where you can't really experience normalcy to the extent of what we've always known to be normal, it makes that very hard. So those pent up frustrations, not only are they coming out of you in that moment, but they just extend and last for a really long time because there's not really, there's not really enough places for us to deposit that energy that comes out. And that's my thing is that, of course, all things are gonna come to pass. That's what we also be speaking into existence. That's what I wanna have happen. But really, as far as the timeline, like even I'm at a place where I really just don't know because it seems as if there's been something rather valid to back up everything that I've been seeing as far as what you can agree on and what you can disagree with at this time. And like for me personally, despite how I feel, I feel like it's just best to stay quiet just because, I mean, you never know what's gonna happen and what you say to somebody at this point because everything is so interpersonal that personally, I don't even know if I can come up with a time frame. If I could, I'd say the shortest amount of time we're looking at would be at least, yeah, February to three months, I'd say. And the longest we'd be looking at would be, I mean, possibly even past COVID, maybe even until the next election. We don't really know, but that is the timeline I could give. Okay, one of the next uh, things I was gonna talk about, and that's a good uh, segue into it, Jared, is community over chaos. And um, talked about this on the last episode a little bit that Rockhurst has come out with that um, initiative to kind of combat uh, what could really divide the campus, um, divide the community, and try to remember that we are a community over all this chaos going on. And there was, um, I think, a, a virtual talk on election night or last night, one of the two. And then there's a couple more scheduled and I know there's some stuff past that to at least have an avenue where you can talk about what you're, you're feeling and, and seeing and stuff. And then there's also, I'm hearing, going to be some opportunities for action out of those organizations that you can get involved in and things like that to keep fighting for whatever uh, it is that you are uh, passionate about. Uh, Jared, you mentioned um, sometimes it's best just to keep quiet in in situations like that. Uh, what are some strategies that you can do, such as that moving forward, where you um, there's someone you really care about, if it's a family member or it's a friend, they just completely disagree with you. You're seeing what they're posting online. What strategies can you use to kind of not sever that relationship completely? I'd say number one is, and that's where, you know, when you talk about relationships, that's the thing that has really disgusted me recently. It's because I feel as if I was vocal, you know, not even trying to attack anybody specifically, just, just revealing how I basically feel as if that would just sever things automatically. Because 
that's the what I've seen. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but that's what I've been seeing. I've seen people literally get written off just for what they believe in, straight up. Nothing even really going into it. But if that's a family member, just somebody you really care about in general, if you are uncomfortable with what you're saying, I'd say the first thing would be not to criticize them, but to say like, hey, like I see what you've been posting. Like, okay, I get it. Obviously that comes from a place of frustration, but why do you feel the need? Don't put yourself in a position to immediately, you know, judge them for what they believe and how they feel. Ask them, show that you actually are concerned for what they may feel, you know, and let them know. I'd say number one, the most important thing you can tell somebody like that is that, you know, this is election 2020 and you were born in, you know, 2001, 98, 90, at some point in your life you were born and 2020 was never even a thought, you know? There will be days that go past this and whether they are good or bad is up to you. And not everything in your life after this is going to be concerned upon the election. And I really feel like it's good to tell those people that, you know, life is gonna go on whether you like it or not. Therefore, you have to really introduce to them, you know, not just that you care about them, that you're going to be there for them as long as they allow you to be there for them. You know, because if it's one thing I've learned is that you cannot change how people think or feel. You can't invalidate their feelings, but you can listen and try and find common ground. And common ground is the number one priority if you're trying to save any relationship that could be potentially severed by any difference, specifically politics. Anything from you, Vince, or America on that? I think it's a hard question because there are a couple of things that I would consider first. You know, who is this person in my life? What type of relationship do I have with them? And then also, what are they posting? Because I do believe that that, that should be taken in consideration because I think that if what they're posting really is hurtful in a way maybe towards myself or someone that I love and perhaps they're maybe to the extreme where it's not even a political issue because I think in today's society there are a lot of issues that are being posed as political when they shouldn't be political that is not a political difference that is that is way deeper and that hurts more and no I don't think that sometimes that doesn't mean that I don't like you or hate you and but maybe we can't find a middle ground. Maybe it's best to just go our separate ways because maybe even bringing it up is gonna cause a bigger strain. I think, and so I, that, that's kind of what I would consider first. And I say that because I've seen a lot of posts today where it, it really is not, it is hurtful to so many people and I think people don't realize it. I think it's it's not just a difference. So. In that situation, I maybe wouldn't bring it up with them just because there are times when you're not gonna get anywhere and really you're just gonna cause a bigger strain in that relationship. And maybe there, maybe that relationship should be ended dependent on what's being told. But again, I would have to know exactly what the post was or who this person was in my life. America, that, that's, I mean, that's the, that's the thing though, right? It, that's the tough part about living in a continually more hyper and uh, hyper polarized political climate, people, you know, will reduce someone to just like, okay, you are X, you are Y, I can only like X, therefore, I hate Y. 
And yeah. the more hyper politicized you get, I think the less and less like you see a person as their whole person and really just the view. I feel like a lot of days now, you know, they hold their, let's let just like, not necessarily like the deeper stuff, but like your political opinions. I, I like to equate it to like opinions should be like a basket and your opinions get put in the basket. And as you learn more, as you develop as a person, you can take it out and put one in. Nowadays, I feel like so many more people are now like that basket is now their heart. So when you attack political opinions, like you're attacking their whole personhood, when you're really, you're just going for the opinion. But since if you make it your personhood, you get into the feelings and you think it's a lot deeper than it actually is. And so, I mean, something that I think that we need to keep in mind, you know, when we see posts like that moving forward, especially in these really tense, you know, next few weeks that we're predicting here, I, I like to look at uh, Rocker's indignation values of like um, hero personalis, care of the whole, whole person, you know, realizing that that person that, you know, may have posted something you disagree with is a lot more and a lot more intelligent than just that one little snippet of post that you've seen. So you can't reduce them down to, I am X, you are Y, therefore I hate Y. You gotta be able to reach out and have those more intellectual conversations. You know, I like kind of what Jared was talking about, you know, reach out, like why, you know, how do you feel about like, about this certain topic? You know, why do you feel that way? And then that's a good place to start coming from a place of understanding rather than seeing somebody throw fire and you're like, oh, well, I'm gonna go make a fire twice as big. And then you both lose in that situation. So I feel like approaching it from, a position of, hey, I can connect to you as a human being, as a person, and hear you for what you have to say, and not, you know, equate you to just what your political beliefs are. Okay, excellent. Now, last week or last uh, episode, we talked about um, advice for ourselves or others as uh, the election ends and and we move on. And one of the things you guys mentioned was reflection and discernment. Uh, which is a focus at Rockers this year, and uh, about yourself and how you know you act and what you believe, um, and and others in your community. Um, so even though we don't have an outcome, there has been a lot learned about the U.S. Um, in the last couple of days it, that maybe we didn't know before, or maybe it was just made more apparent or less apparent. Um, is there anything you have learned from the election uh, that you want to talk about or anything you learned about yourself through this whole process going from pre-election research and conversations to where we are right now, where we're waiting for Nevada and Atlanta or Atlanta, uh, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and a couple others to finish counting? Anything there? kind of like along with like election like election procedures and like that sort of thing or like stuff we learned about myself personally about other people like more yourself other people the nation as a whole um did uh, along with the surprise thing but did things go the way you thought they would is america the country itself um, on the same trajectory you thought it was on along, or are we are going on a different direction? Uh, anything like that. It, or it could be a political systems of, of, I've learned that this needs to change or that this is really helpful. Anything like that. And I can come back to that. 
no problem at all. Hard How about questions. this? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, hold on, we're, 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 we're reflecting and discerning right now. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. <laughs> well played, sir. Um, is there something you would like to see changed about the election process? Um, and it can be with people, it can be with processes, it can be timelines, it can be media, it can be anything associated with it. Anything you've learned that would spark a, an idea of change. Personally, for me, two things that I would like to see changed, um, it's kind of a, like a two-armed thing here. So one, uh, I think, vote integrity needs to be improved. And then two, I think we need to come up with a better way to make it more accessible for people to vote. Um, starting with the second one, even though I personally didn't have a struggle um, getting to the polls, when I was driving to clinical uh, this morning, um, drove, driving through Kansas City, there I saw like three or four voter polls with lines going out the door already. And those people need to get to work. So I don't know if we need like a national holiday, pay time off to go leave work to go vote. Uh, workspaces, you know, scheduling their weeks before to set it up to be like, okay, you have a project due the week of what the election, but we don't want, you know, to be stressing out about it. So let's find a way to fit it in. Um, definitely think voter accessibility is something that we need to improve on. I mean, I know we had a crazy turnout this year, but in years past, I mean, we were pretty low 60s, 50s around there. Um, and so the winner of that, I mean, like you only get like one third of the nation, you know, once you count it all up that actually choose the president, which I think is kind of ridiculous. So more people should be able to vote. And then two, um, sorry, going back to my first point, I think the integrity of the vote needs to be increased as well. There's, I mean, the number one topic right now is like, okay, which, you know, votes are legit and which ones are not. And I think anybody could have seen that when uh, we're going to have a sudden influx in uh, mail-in absentee, mail-in votes and absentee votes um, coming in too. So how do we solve that question? Well, I'm a nursing major, not a Poli sci, I don't really know the answers to that, but I do know that those are um, questions that need to be addressed for future elections. I feel as if, because to go off of that and just the idea, you know, when you talk about how we vote and the areas where maybe voting needs to be improved, I feel like the idea of like, especially with, you know, mail-in ballots have definitely been quite the story from the past few days to say the least. And, Honestly, regardless of who wins, mail-in ballots are going to literally, honestly, pretty much dictate who gets elected or not because of the way that it went. And I feel like what needs to change with that, especially with the idea of us not having a timeline on COVID, is that perhaps if something like that were normalized, we would not have seen the large disparity that we had anyways. We saw certain political parties and certain people of certain say, okay, I want you guys to come do this in person. And the other ones, okay, well, we'll do mail-in ballots for this. You know, when you take beliefs and you divide them, you're going to get these absolutely strewed results that we've had where perhaps things are actually going maybe even the right way, but the results are so whack because of what's been, I guess, put into people's heads over time. You know, you take something just as simple as, you know, sending a ballot over mail because there are a lot of people that are not physically capable to do that. But if we make that, not, not a political thing. We make that for people on both sides. Say, okay, if you are not in good health or are at risk or more susceptible to not just COVID, anything in general, vote through the mail. Everybody else, if you can vote in person, I don't care about how long the wait is, go vote in person. Because then we're going to see 
that everybody's votes will at least for the most part be well represented. You know, I think a lot of people, and yes, it was quite discouraging to see the way people were acting on the night of the election, but I don't think anything could be worse than noon of what was yesterday. And, you know, you've got a complete flip-flop in terms of where things are at. And I'm just seeing all these super frustrated people going at their own friends, you know, and just stuff that we just wouldn't really wish to see. And I feel like if certain things, as far as the way that we vote, are normalized to a certain extent, it's going to never destroy it completely. I can never say that, but it will help to combat against that. We're going to see things look a lot more fair than what they have been, because that's the general question right now is, are things legit? Is this fair? Is the way that we do things right now fair, not just for me and you, whether you are, you know, a liberal or conservative, Democrat, Republican, is this fair for everybody? That's the question that we have to ask ourselves before when we make things easier or take certain restrictions away when it comes to voting. It seems like a lot of people, I know that for myself, I had a very test heavy week this week. So it was a bit hard to concentrate when with everything going on. I know in one of my classes yesterday, we had a workshop where we discussed our peers work. It's an English class and everyone just seemed very drained. And that's something that I liked was that our, actually our professor, suggested if we wanted to move that workshop to Friday, you know, to tomorrow, if we weren't felt comfortable. But I think that from what I have experienced and what I've seen online that maybe having this week or not saying don't have class, but maybe limiting or the professors could plan around it that way not to have so many tests in the certain week. And I think that could also go back to working, you know, having that time, like Ben said, to go vote because it is very hard, I think, this week to kind of have your schedule planned out when all these things are happening. You feel like you really can't concentrate on anything other than the election itself. I want to go off of what you just said, because it reminded me of something that I felt earlier. Um, I looked at the questions that Chad included earlier, and one of them was, you know, talking about that, what needs to change. And it wasn't even having to do with the votes. It had actually to do with students and not even just college students, I'd say, yeah, high school students as well. I can't really say the same for elementary students because they don't really know how to make these decisions at this point, but maybe even so, maybe students in general and not just the idea of an election and having to do all these things, but when you look at the mental health aspect of what this election has been doing to people, like, you know, we've seen the reaction that people have been giving off the past few days. It's nothing really short of horrible. It's, it's nothing short of something that we wish didn't exist. And I really think it's an idea of not just people feeling the way that they feel, but as I said, not having an outlet for that. If we have it where I personally feel not even to create an excuse because people can't get work done, but I just, after, you know, obviously having school on election day, I just don't think that, especially for this year, that that should be a thing. And not just a Rockhurst thing, not just a, Catholic school is just a state school thing. Like, I can't even say a national holiday. Just, you know how we think of Labor Day? It's just there. Just nobody does anything. I feel like that's how election day needs to be taken because tell me this, in a time like this where a lot of people, regardless of, 
you know, the privileges that you have or do not have, regardless of which tax bracket you come from, we're all feeling as if some part of us might be taken away regardless of who wins this election. And I know that it's really hard to focus on anything in general if that's in the back of your mind. Take that and add that onto everything and the chaos that we've seen the past few days. And you've got people that aren't even showing up to class. You've got people that are knowing that they have classes, assignments, and tests that won't even do them. Not even that they don't want to, they can't focus on them. You know, like I'm at home, so I have more of that time throughout the day spread out in order to do work because I don't have to worry about hanging out with friends every other part of the day. But yesterday it was really, really hard to even apply myself for 30 minutes, knowing that these are the things that's going on and not just updating myself, just that level of anxiety that I have. And I personally come from a place from privilege. So I have to think and relate to those who don't, how are they even able to focus at all, or even just a little bit. That's why I feel personally that we shouldn't have school on election day, maybe even the day after, because I mean, you know, we're here in school to get an education. And it's kind of hard to even expect people to do their best in an education, you know, environment, an educational environment where they can't focus, especially due to all of these crazy things that are going on. It seems to be a lot better for people if that day is just reserved for us to deal with these things that we have in front of us. And I think it's even harder now, like you mentioned this election specifically, where we all knew going in that it was going to be divided, but I didn't think, or I had no idea how really divided the country was. I knew that I was going to be, but I think that what we've seen has just been kind of exceeded what everyone expected. And it can be very hard for, you know, some people going to school the next day or, you know, work and realizing perhaps the people that they work with, I don't know, when everyone's just so tense that it, it just be hard. And so, yeah, I think that maybe something like that being implemented in the future would be very good, especially when it's such an important day where we're deciding who is running our country, what is happening. I mean, I think it's only efficient that it would be, you know, a national holiday. Vince, you want to add anything else? No, that was, that was great. I was, I was just, I'm just, I'm just chilling out here listening to this awesome conversations happening to an American Jared. I'm like, go off. <laughs> Right. I totally agree. <laughs> okay. Um, what will give you a sense of calm in the coming hours, days, weeks? What are you looking for? What will be that, that turning in the corner moment for you or for those in your circle or family? All right, let me rephrase it. What would you like to see happen in order to create a calm in which we can start the healing process? And this is hypothetical. This could be waving a magic wand and it could be that neither candidate or whoever, whatever human or organization would even think about doing this. But what would you like to see happen? I would like to see and I can't even say this is what I would like to see. I'd say personally, in order for unrest to not commence, regardless of who wins, I feel like this is what needs to happen. I remember um, one of my best friends, she told me about this. It happened in like 2008. I want to say it was the debate or maybe even the day right before the election. 
where what do you call the person that moderates the the debate again is it the moderator moderator <laughs> so it is the moderator it's hilarious but anywho <laughs> let me go off of that the moderator says something very divisive in a way where she was directly trying to get John McCain to come at Barack Obama like directly and she made it very clear and John McCain got really upset and he addressed that and he's just like regardless of who wins you know I have to understand this is somebody that I really respect like something where we're in 2020 and that's like what like he he said that that doesn't even make sense what I want to see happen and as I said what needs to happen is on not even just both candidates but both people that back them you know to say that regardless of what happens, it's not even a thing of saying I'm going to accept defeat. It's saying that I will respect the outcome when it's proven efficient. And that's the thing, because if those people do that, the you know presidential candidates, then their parties, the people that support them, the ones that voted, even if they did not vote for them, we're not going to see a lot of civil unrest, if any, because those are the people we look up to. And if we see certain sides of things, address things in a way that may aggravate the people that are supporting them, then we're only going to increase the chance for something worse to happen. It's personally at this point, I had to tell myself that I'm going to do what I think is best for myself regardless of who wins, but the demeanor of the country itself is what's at stake. And the best way to actually go against that is to find not even understanding, not peace of mind, that's something we'll see later on in the future, but to make sure that we can at least be stable at this moment, which is gonna take compromise on both sides. I think one of the things that we need that I would like to happen and what we need to happen um, to turn the corner is to, especially looping back to that previous conversation you two were having and our conversations about what we've been seeing on social media. I think we need to start seeing, you know, other people's ideologies as, you know, not, hold on, let me, let me rephrase that. I think what we need to do to turn the corner and what I would like to happen uh, we need to turn the corners. We need to start seeing, you know, other people's ideologies as, you know, not lesser than one another. It, it's really easy to post that seething Instagram story when you think that, oh, this this person has is illogical because they believe differently than me. So it's easy to throw that little hypothetical dart at them uh, from behind your phone screen because you already have that sense of superiority over them. I think we need to realize, you know, just because you, you know, disagree with someone politically, they're not any less than you. And we need to recognize that logically, like you can logically come to a different conclusion than someone else can. There's millions and millions of different, you know, human experiences and things that happen to someone in their life that lead them to the belief systems that they have. And we need to realize that you can logically come to that and still disagree with somebody on a certain issue. Um, I think that having an answer to COVID would help for sure. Having that vaccine, having people leave their houses, not have all the time in the world to be on their phone or kind of think of ways on how to react to them one posted in like, or just overthinking everything that's happened. So I think that when people are able to, you know, see their friends or, and especially what Vince was saying, maybe you have a friend that you don't agree with and you haven't seen in a while and you see them post something that, you know, like that you don't like, it can be easy to just be like, okay, yeah, I'm done with you. But maybe 
by being able to see them in person, things change and you can actually have a conversation because I think that there's nothing like having an in-person conversation with someone than trying to communicate your feelings over a message or even your phone because you're not able to see what they're trying to say or kind of hear their tone if it's over a text. So I think that being able to have that in-person communication like we did you know, back in February would definitely help. And then just people kind of going back to their normal lives and trying to grasp what's going on is going to help. So my hope is that that isn't too far off, that maybe it comes, you know, soon at, at the beginning of 2021. I, especially um, with what's happening. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Okay, and then the last question is, uh, last episode we talked about, you know, the advice that you'd give yourself or others for after the election, and uh, one of the things you guys said was, if there's something that you're passionate about and you believe in, that regardless of the outcome, uh, if it helps it, if it hurts it, keep fighting for it. Um, I was wondering if you'd be comfortable in sharing what the biggest issue for you that you would like to keep fighting for regardless of the outcome would be and how you kind of arrived at that was it something that you were raised with was it something you've um learned from friends or academically anything like that um i'll open it up and if you're comfortable okay if not just give me a wave and and we'll move on Uh, I'll go ahead and start. Um, I'm not really too afraid of sharing. I share this a lot on my social media. Um, for me, probably my biggest, like, I guess, issue, political issue that um, I advocate for a lot is the pro-life movement. Um, I was, I mean, you can kind of label it as the stereotypical pro-life if you want to. I mean, I was born Catholic, raised in a Catholic family, gone to Catholic school my whole life since the age of four. Um, but um, it's something that I'm really passionate about. Um, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The first one starts with life. You can't have the other two or any other you know, human rights, if you're not alive to see that. Um, I think that every person has the right to, you know, make the best out of their life, no matter what the circumstance. And kind of my personal spin on it too, um, I feel like a lot of pro-lifers get stereotyped for only caring, being pro-birth, right? And that's something that I like to challenge all the other, uh, other people who are pro-life as well to like, no, remember we're womb from the tomb, right? Um, so that's, you know, supporting women's rights, environmental rights, you know, helping people get uh, appropriate access to healthcare, that sort of thing. Um, that's something that I'm probably never gonna change um, my belief on and will probably continue to fight for going on throughout the rest of my life. I think that for me, it would be immigration just because, you know, both my parents immigrated from Mexico and thankfully they were able to, you know, they are, they're American citizens right now, but I know I have a lot of friends and family who have struggled with that process. And, and that maybe took 20 years. You know, I have a family member who took 20 years to be able to have a residency. So I've seen how flawed the system is and I don't particularly think that it that either party has done like a better job or do I think that just one party is going to fix it it's something much deeper um so and you know I've like I mentioned in the last um 
podcast, you know, I'm considering going to law school and I have considered being an immigration lawyer just because I've seen how, how flawed it is. And I've seen so many members suffer and not been able to see their families. And that's something that I would like to continue um, fighting for or, and, and, you know, there, that's kind of what I would say for me. For me, and in general, I'd say I went from being somebody who was almost purely just an athlete going up into my junior year of high school, who had the ambition to be passionate about other things, but I just didn't really think they mattered that much. And then going into my junior year, that's where it took off since then. I've been honestly passionate about anything that I feel like people can have an opinion on is something that I've tried to look deeper into, you know, and personally, one of those reasons in general of how I can take and continue to build on my passions would be, you know, not just, you know, this podcast, but the podcast that I started myself doing back in my senior year of high school that I've brought back in different variations since then, continuing to find those people that are willing to not just, you know, come on my show with me and talk about certain things, but then connecting with them, like, are there any other people you know, like, are there other people that want to do something like this for themselves? You know, just continuing to make those connections with people is definitely a big one. So like, you know, for me personally, it's not even the ideas of what's happened in 2020. It's not just Breonna Taylor. It's not just George Floyd. It's not just immigration. It's not just, you know, the idea of pro-life versus being pro-choice. It's the idea that we're all human beings. And personally, for me, I want to do what's best for race um, destitution. You know, I really want to do everything that's best to help make sure that we all feel as if we are being adequately provided for, you know, so if there's ever anything in not just this country, even throughout the world that I see that isn't being, you know, held up to the standards that it should be, I feel as if it's my position to help use a platform that I have, one that I didn't even gain being passionate, just one that I just knew to have because it's Instagram or because it's Snapchat, things we don't even think about when we're younger. But at this point, we all realize that, oh, wow, if I use my voice for good, there's so much change that I can implement. And personally, for me, it's very easy for me to be that way because I was blessed to have two, two parents that really drove that into me as a young child, saying it doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter how high your GPA is or isn't. You decide how much change you're willing to make, if you even want to make it at all. Then once you do, you go from there. So that's what I want to do. And then continuing to see those passions develop in other people and just finding other people who are maybe not even passionate about the same things I'm passionate about, but just those that have a general aspirations for this country to make it better than what it was, you know, 400 years ago when it first started. All right, great, very impressive. Um, all right, so that is the end of this is episode three. Um, and we'll have another one here in a couple weeks and see how schedules uh, play out going after Thanksgiving and if we can still get together in this uh, capacity. Uh, last time I mentioned that we'd have a poll up on uh, the Rockhurst Instagram um, account for topics, but topic this time was pretty obvious, um, kind of dominating everything right now. And it might be two weeks from now too. I hope not, but it could be. Um, so I'll definitely do that next time. Uh, I didn't get to it this time. So in conclusion, uh, 
Again, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, to watch the discussion, go to Rockhurst YouTube channel, uh, which is youtube.com slash rockhursthawk. And uh, be sure to rate, review, and of course, subscribe uh, everywhere you can, because we really appreciate it. So for Vince in America and Jarrett, uh, this is Chad Schnarr. Have a great one, everyone. Stay safe out there and blessings to you.